Welcome to Relationship Workout for Men, a podcast dedicated to helping men be intentional in choosing a better partner and being a better partner for the person they choose. Season 5, Episode 2. Can you spell grief? As introduced in Episode 1 of the season, there is a process to healing lost love, and that process is called grieving. Let's start by giving a short definition for grief. Grief is the natural response to loss. It's the emotional suffering you feel when something or someone you love is taken away. And the more the significant the loss, well, the more intense the grief. Grieving then is repeating again and again images of and feelings about our lost love until the mourning process is completed. Essentially, the mourning process is over once the thoughts about the other person no longer bring up emotional responses such as anger, sorrow, sadness, or guilt. Instead, many more times than not, thoughts of the ex bring up feelings of understanding, acceptance, and compassion. Basically, the negative emotional edge has now been smoothed out. You feel whole again. It's important to realize that the more you love a person that gets taken away through breakup or even death, the stronger the suffering and grief will be. On a positive note, if, if one could say it this way, the depth of this suffering can be thought of as a celebration to the love felt. Indeed, it's a beautiful thing to feel love, regardless of how long the intimate connection may have lasted. So with that as a backdrop, let's discuss the process of grieving in more detail. For starters, it's important to remember that everyone experiences grief differently. For instance, after a loss, some people, well, they might get angry and just want to get up their ex's grill in a display of spiteful vengeance. Whereas others, when hurt, well, they might sulk away into feeling a victimized helplessness. Regardless, grieving is a healing process with three fundamental stages of this process. Stage one, shock. Stage two, suffering. And stage three, recovery. Let's discuss each one of these so we can have a better idea how to grieve a lost love starting with stage one, shock. Let's say you go to dinner with the woman you've been with for quite some time, perhaps even years. She's the woman of your dreams, or so you think, as you refer to her as your soulmate to anyone willing to listen. And then before you even get to ordering dinner, she starts out the first course with, I'm breaking up with you. It's a complete stunner coming so far out of left field that you may for a moment think you're in the wrong ballpark. Well, and actually you can't think. You don't know what you're feeling. If this is the case, good chance you're in shock. I recall one time this happened to me. I was totally head over heels for this lovely lady, thinking everything was going really well between us. Never an argument, always a lot of fun being together. It was late at night, she had just finished a performance, and we had just been seated at a restaurant to get a late night meal when she just deadpan looked at me and said she was going back with her ex. Full stop. No need to even look at the menu. I was in total shock. Shock is often the initial reaction to loss. Shock is the person's emotional protection from being too suddenly overwhelmed by the loss. The grieving person may feel stunned, numb, or even disbelief concerning the loss. While in shock, the person may not be able to make even simple decisions. Shock may last a matter of minutes, hours, or even days in the case of severely traumatic losses. Then after stage one shock comes stage two suffering. Suffering is a long period of grief during which the person gradually comes to terms 
With the reality of the loss, the suffering process typically involves a wide range of feelings, thoughts, and behaviors, as well as an overall sense of life seeming chaotic and disorganized. In other words, stage two suffering is where the bulk of the grieving process exists. Put simply, in this stage, the stories surrounding the ex and the breakup swirl uncontrolled in your mind, bringing up all sorts of feelings. Regarding these feelings, one can separate them into two basic categories, the seven get stuck attitudes and the four get unstuck emotions. The first category, the seven get stuck attitudes are as follows. They are resentment, blame, indifference, guilt, insecurity, hopelessness, and jealousy slash envy. A key similarity that all of these seven attitudes have in common is that by thinking the thoughts that give them sustained life, the pain and suffering, will they just get worse? For instance, if you think about how your ex didn't appreciate you sufficiently, well, you can trigger feelings of resentment. And the more you think these I wasn't appreciated thoughts, well, the stronger the feelings of resentment can get. I'll dive into these seven attitudes in episode four, strategy number one, forgive. The second category, the four get unstuck emotions include anger, fear, sadness, and sorrow. Unlike the seven attitudes, feeling these four emotions can actually help the healing process. For instance, feeling anger can help you recognize that you're not getting what you want due to the breakup. And this can be healing if you take it the next step and accept that you can't always get what you want. And, and no, I'm not quoting a Rolling Stones song here. In any case, I'll explore these four get unstuck emotions in episode five, strategy number two, feel the get unstuck emotions. It's important to realize that this stage of suffering can last from weeks to months to indefinitely. In fact, there's no set time one needs to suffer before broken-hearted pain heals. Finally, after working through the seven get stuck attitudes and the four get unstuck emotions, you can finally get to stage three recovery. To reach a place of recovery, fundamentally, you need to accept what is. At this point, not only have you accepted the loss, but you've also reached a level of balanced understanding of what happened and feel compassion for your ex. More on this in episode six, season number three, Accept What Is. So how do you check if you're emotionally available? You don't want to sabotage a potentially something special new relationship by jumping in too soon after a breakup. And unless you're a schoolyard bully, well, you probably don't want to draw someone else emotionally into your world only to break her heart when the truth finally comes out that you don't have your emotional head on straight. As well, you probably don't want to be on the receiving end of having your heart torched and thrown out with the trash when she finally reveals that she's not over her ex and says, so sorry, so sad, but hasta la vista, baby. If you haven't been on the receiving end of this before, believe me, it's an awful way for a relationship to abruptly end. So how can you make a strong emotional availability play? Well, simply stated, a strong emotional availability play is to grieve all past relationships before jumping into something new. The goal here is to make sure you're at peace with all past lost loves before attempting to re-engage on anything even remotely resembling something potentially serious. By playing it strong, you ensure that you can give 100% of yourself emotionally to the new person versus being emotionally hounded 
by your exes. On the other hand, a weak play is to date again before becoming emotionally available. You're either jumping into something new on the rebound, trying to soothe the existing pain, or you're dating someone new with a closed and distrusting heart. In either case, if the relationship ends up being a strong one, bucket three commitment isn't even on the table because your heart is on an emotionally wounded hiatus. So how do you make a strong emotional available play? Well, these are three strategies I'll explore in the next episodes. Strategy number one, forgive. A bulk of the grieving process is to work through the stories in your mind and resulting emotions that bring pain and suffering. One class of these emotions, the seven attitudes, ultimately requires forgiving yourself and your ex in order to heal. On the other hand, the weak strategy is to continue to punish your ex and yourself for the accused wrongdoings in your thoughts, verbally or even physically. Strategy number two, feel the get unstuck emotions. After a breakup, the four get unstuck emotions need to be felt to facilitate healing. As men, our macho side often restrains us from feeling all these emotions. But if you don't feel the anger, fear, sadness, and sorrow that can accompany a breakup, then you could find yourself emotionally stuck in one of these emotions staying permanently attached to an ex and unable to emotionally move on. Strategy number three, accept what is. You've successfully grieved the loss of all past relationships. Typically, you reflect from a place of peacefulness and compassion whenever reminders of lost loves come up. You hope your exes are all doing well as you've let go of all negativities surrounding your lost loves. Once you've reached this place and accepted what is, you've recovered from the grieving process and are emotionally ready to start a new relationship. You've converted the past relationships lessons learned into your pool of wisdom, ready to apply to the next dating round. So three strategies, go weak or go strong, your choice. But before we explore these three strategies in more detail, I'd like to share a personal story about when I dated an emotionally unavailable lady in the next episode. I'll change, not? Mm-hmm.